to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. What's going on, Anthony? Just uh, preparing for the finals, just like we all thought a year ago, exactly today on the eve of media day. Um, you know, as we all predicted, they were to come out of the East and play LeBron the Lakers in the NBA Finals. So, yeah, everything's going well. I do think we both did predict the Lakers to go to the finals, though. I think we both had Lakers I, over Clippers on a, on a I, I serious think, note. Yeah, on a serious note, I do think you're right. I yeah. think we both picked LeBron to go to the championship. This um, year. And we are also joined once again from inside the bubble in Lake Buena Vista, our correspondent up there, Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press. Tim, what's going on? If we're going to do it, David, let's do it right. It's hashtag correspondent. Thank you. Um, we got we got to make the title official. Um, but... Uh, I did not have the Lakers in the finals. I did not have the Heat in the finals. I am still not totally convinced that this is the finals. Um, I don't know what's happening, but they say there's a game on Wednesday night. So so let's talk about everything we can think of about this game because it's uh, it's just it, – it's it, what a crazy year and what a, what a crazy time. But um, – boy, are we going to get an awful fun finals out of this. Yeah, we have a lot to get to. Um, but I want to start, uh, go to you, Tim, because uh, you are, like we said, up there in the bubble, which means you are one of, um, I don't know, how, how many media members are there? Can we count them on all all of our hands? Is it like 25 or so? You're, you're one yeah, of a very... It was, it was supposed to be the 10 reporters in the bubble, and I think we're up to like 730 now or something yeah. insane. I, I don't know. You're it's still in... You're still part of a very small group up there that um, got to see what it looked like for the Heat to actually win that championship and you know have a trophy ceremony and, and all that kind of stuff. So, just what are, what are kind of some of the images that, that are going to stick with you from that unusual this this very unusual unexpected um, Eastern Conference Championship that, that maybe we didn't get to see just watching on TV or, or doing Zoom interviews or anything like that. You know, a couple stand out, David. Like. Um, you know, I, I filed my story, you know, my, my, the first version of my story kind of during the trophy ceremony, finished up the game story, first version of it. And, and then I went back and got into the hallway that connects the edge of the court where the heat were leaving to their locker room. And so I got to see most of the guys go in the locker room and like Jay Crowder was carrying the trophy and he was smiling like ear to ear, like you couldn't even see his face. Like it was just all smile. Like he was just the happiest guy there and. Kelly Olenek was skipping down the hallway. He was so happy. But what, what stood out to me, honestly, was Udonis. And, and a guy who's been through this moment six times now, um, he did not break character. Udonis had that poker, emotionless face on, um, letting people know, even in that moment, that, hey, this is cool. Job's not done. We, we didn't come up here for the silver one. We came up here for the gold trophy. And... I just thought it was just another reminder. Like, we all know what Udonis is about. We know what he stands for. We know what he means to to, to that team, to this city, um, to to the Mount Rushmore of sports in this town, which you could argue he's earned his way on just because of the heart that he's got. Um, he was not going to let guys let go of the rope, I suppose would say. He just wasn't going to allow that to happen. And I thought that was so cool. Like 16 guys are running down the hall, all like unbelievably happy, so overjoyed. And then there's UD. And he's like, yep, the job's not done, which I kind of thought was awesome. 
that's kind of that's kind of important too. Like just because this team, there's there are so many guys that have not been here before. I mean, I think the only two with finals experience are Udonis and and Iggy. Um, so to have a guy like that remind the guys that yeah, this is nice, but still got to get four more and close the deal. It's so important just because I mean you saw Jimmy after the game kind of talk about you know yeah, this is cool, but four more wins, and he's never even been to the finals before. I mean, this is his his biggest achievement getting to the finals of his NBA career. And he was already, you know, looking forward to, okay, this isn't enough. So I, I think like what the, the point you make Tim, is an important one because this team hasn't been here before, but they, they are acting like they have been here before. Yeah. As much as those like Iguodala and Haslam are like, you mentioned, they're the two guys with experience. It's really, it's about Jimmy as the tone setter, right? Like if it, you know, Iguodala, or Haslam and Iguodala can, you know, be as good of leaders as they want. But ultimately, you know, Haslam hasn't played in the playoffs and, and Iguodala is a, you know, plays 10 minutes a game or whatever it is. Um, the fact that, that Jimmy is, um, you know, he has that personality that you need to, to get to a finals, right? Like there's, it's a very select group of uh, superstars in this league that have been like the guy for teams that get to the finals. You know, if you go through the last decade, it's basically all guys that you look at as like top twenty players of all time. You know, obviously LeBron a lot. You know, Curry, Kevin Durant, Tim Duncan, Kawhi. Depending how his career finishes up, is you know borderline you know top twenty all time guy. Um, Jimmy is not in that same tier, but he has that personality that. Um, People keep joking, like he's he's finally gonna he's gonna go into this finals and be like, finally, I get to play for a championship against my peer, LeBron James. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny yesterday. ESPN tweeted something and it was like just going through Jimmy's resume, and on the top of it, it says Jimmy is a difference maker, and it goes through all his accomplishments, how the teams he was on got worse, and it's just funny to look back like twelve months ago, how different the narrative was with him, and how fast it has flipped. Um, oh my god! <laughs> and I about before in recent weeks, like Jimmy hasn't changed. It's just winning kind of just changes everything. Um, and you've seen that with Jimmy. Like now, it's not that he's a bad teammate. It's not that he's too competitive. It's not that he's um, too hard on his teammates. It's that he pushes them to win, and he's a winner. It's just so funny how that changes. And and it's funny how it will change again if they lose game one. Oh yeah. I mean, because the narratives are 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 so out of control right now and so silly. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I kind of, I understand that social media is about takes. Like, I get that. Like, that's that's what social media is, right? It's, it's about the take. Um, so much of the storytelling in this finals could be the same way, which is kind of kind of disturbing. But it's, I, I think it's, it's fun for us to delve into the narrative. It's fun for us to sometimes poke, as the three of us have, to poke fun at some of the narratives. Um, I, I really don't think, like, you know, teams always say that we don't we don't listen to the noise, we don't read the noise, we don't, um, you know, we don't, uh, you know, we don't buy into it. But it's pretty clear the Heat does not, and Jimmy does not. Jimmy right. just doesn't care, and that's that's very very cool to be. Um, to be able to witness that, like it, it, it's it's a real thing with him. He just does not care. Yeah, it's uh, it was pretty cool to see him get to reach this. You know, again, he's a guy that 
obviously I didn't really know. I, I, you know, I just knew about him from the narratives and all that before this year. And, you know, Tim, you, you cover our league a little bit more naturally. Maybe you'd cross paths with him. And I'm sure Anthony didn't have a ton of experience with him as, you know, a guy who's covered the heat his for most of his career. But um, it was cool, you know, just – we obviously, a lot of us got basically our first impressions of him this year, and I think they were pretty positive right away. So it was, it was cool to see him um, reach this pinnacle. And obviously, we had the kind of longer Jimmy conversation after they got to the East Finals. Um, but, you know, it's, it's uh, he always says, what is it like? I'm a winning player just because I haven't won the big one yet. Like, it doesn't mean I'm not a winner. And, and it's good to see him get some of that validation. All right, we're going to get into a, a lot more as this episode goes on, but uh, Tim's got a, a hard out in a couple minutes here. Tim, I want your, just give me your, first, give me your prediction and g- give me like the two or three things you kind of l- look at as the keys to toward determining this series. Well, so I, I think the, I think the biggest key for Miami, I mean, above making threes is obviously it's, it's got to happen. If they don't make threes, it's going to be a short series. Because, you know, this is how they're built. This is who they are. They need to make threes. Um, everyone sort of knows that. I, I think it's critical that Bam be on the floor as much as possible against Anthony Davis. I think Bam has a chance to control Anthony Davis. Will not stop Anthony Davis. Please don't twist it. Um, you know, Andre and Jimmy and, and Solo, I think Solo will get some minutes against LeBron too. Um, DJ might even in, in some spots. You're not going to stop these guys, okay? Like, you're just not. If you can hold the two of them to 50, you've done a really good job. Um, I, I think Bam not getting in foul trouble against AD is is, an, is beyond critical, seriously. Um, and I, I'm not one of those guys that buys into the stat that you must win game one to have a chance. Like, I, I don't like LeBron. LeBron almost takes like some sort of sick pleasure out of losing game ones because he doesn't worry about it. He takes them as a feel out game. Um, he's won a lot of series after dropping game one. Um, I think two in these playoffs, maybe, maybe just one. I know at least one, maybe two. Um, I think it's critical that the heat win game one. I just do. I, I think it's critical that they hit first. I think it's critical that they make Frank Vogel react to Eric Spolster, not the other way around. Um, to me, it's real simple. If they make threes, they're going to win the series. And I just think that even a bunch of guys who have not been there before, the Lakers have six guys with rings. Um, the Heat have two guys who have been to the finals. Um, and one of them's not going to play in the series. So it's Andre Iguodala versus a bunch of guys from the Lakers in terms of the experience factor. I truly don't think the Heat care about it. I really don't. I think their confidence is where it needs to be. I think they're going to make a bunch of threes in the series. I really do. I, I don't, I, I think the Lakers have the two best players. I think we can all agree on that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. But I think when you get into like, when you add up, it's like a, it's like a track meet. It's like a cross country race, right? Like they take like the first five finishers and you right. have like, less, you got the if you finish third in every race, you're, you might win that meet. Yeah, exactly. If you take, if you take spots three, three, four, five, six, seven, you're going to win that meet. I kind of think the heat top to bottom. Now the top is all Lakers top to bottom. I think it swings the heat way. And I think Dragic said something so important the other night. They've got more talent. We have chemistry. My, my prediction moves on the wire tomorrow, but I guess I can just say it now. I'm taking the Heat in six. Wow, Heat in six. Oh, don't get don't don't get into a game seven with that man. Yeah, I guess that's true. So if you're going to pick the Heat, you got to pick six. That was kind of how I felt with that Celtic Anthony before Celtics game six. Yeah, texted me. I was like, what's your prediction? And I said, Heat in six, because I don't want to predict it. I, I didn't think they were going to blow a 3-1 lead, and, and I, I don't love picking game seven ever when you like have that much momentum swinging against you. But, yeah, I definitely, definitely feel that with LeBron. Yeah, do not get into a game seven with that man, or else. It, How- it could be – it's a bad deal. I have this as a topic that Anthony and I are going to probably dive into a little bit deeper when, once you get off here. But how many – so like you said, the Lakers have the top two. I think this Heat inarguably have the next four. How deep do you go on that Heat list before you get to the next Lakers player, do you think? Oh, I, I think you could go. Like I think the Heat might have the next three. Um, well, four is probably fair, but that's and, about it. Uh, um, yeah. I think another thing too is like a big key for the Lakers is going to be if playoff Rondo shows up. Right. If playoff Rondo shows up, yikes. Right, um, that's the thing. The Lakers don't have a clear-cut third-best guy, I guess. No, like, they don't. It's kind of like the Heat with, like, who's going to be the leading scorer. Like, you never right. know who the third option is going to be. I, 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 you know, Kyle Kuzma showed flashes in the Denver series that mm-hmm. he's in a good rhythm right now. Um, you know, if they go super big, like, what will Spo do? Does Myers Leonard get some minutes in this series if yeah. the Lakers go super big? I, I think it's a possibility. Um, obviously, I'm I'm – Deeply, deeply torn and troubled about the Dion Waiters situation. Um, I don't think it's fair that the Heat have to play against two Heat legends in these finals. I think that's unfair to them. Um, David knows what David knows where my affinity for Dion comes from. Uh, I, I just I think you could argue that the Heat have four of the four of the best six. Yeah. I really believe that. I think, I think that's, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I mean, assuming that. Tyler Hero is what we've seen. Yeah, then, then they have I think he six. is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, Tim, we'll let um, you get going. Um, thanks, as always, for coming on. Read these guys. Read David, read Anthony. I got to go. I'll yeah. talk to you guys soon. Yeah, you can follow Tim on Twitter, at ByTimReynolds. He's got all your insights from inside the bubble and uh, doing it from a heat-centric uh, spin, I would say. All right, we are back. Um, let's, before we dive full bore into the upcoming series. Let's put the final touches on Heat Celtics. And by that, I really mean the fourth quarter of game six. And by that, I really mean Bam Adebayo's performance in the fourth quarter of game six. Um, Because I think we saw the ceiling, basically, in that fourth quarter. It was 
the, the really the only two things I think you could have like said about Bam all year that were like the things he had not shown yet were kind of to be that go-to scorer in the fourth quarter. Um, like he was, you know, isolating basically against Daniel Tice from the top of the key. Like he was like Giannis, um, and the shooting and, you know, the mid range has been pretty good throughout the playoffs. Um, still the three points, not there, but we finally saw what it can look like if he can become a isolation scorer, basically. And he swung that game. I would say, you know, pretty much it was basically, you know, Tyler hero hit a couple big shots, but really that bam dunk. And then the end one, he had um, that like pull up mid range jumper against Tice that really swung the game. And it felt like the heat, um, at that point, we're we're gonna win the series. Um, so I, I think that's the ceiling, right? And it's just gonna be a question of how often can he do that going forward. Yeah, I mean it's it's the ceiling for now, right? I mean, right. I, I still expect him to become a better shooter, and I still yeah. expect him to incorporate the three, just because. Yeah, I think so too. He's a good mid-range shooter. Like he is a good yeah, mid-range shooter. He's a he's a good mid-range shooter. He's gonna extend that at some point, and once he does that, I mean that's. The, that's the ultimate ceiling. He's going to be very hard to guard. But right now, like what we saw in that fourth quarter, he made a very good point. It's kind of like he, he looked almost like a Giannis. Yeah. Just the, he was playing and isolating up top and just basically caving the defense in and beating, you know, just beating the guy one-on-one and getting to the rim and, and, and dunking and getting and ones. It was almost like, okay, the Boston wants to take away our threes. They're going to follow our shooters. I have Tice up, up top one-on-one. I'm just going to make them pay for that. And I'm going to take it and I can beat him one-on-one all the time. And he finally did that late in that game. Um, And, yeah, like, obviously it's going to be tougher in the finals if Anthony Davis is guarding him or even Dwight Howard just because of Dwight's size and athleticism. Um, But Bam could do that to a lot of guys where I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen that as much over the season. But I I really think a lot of it was the way Boston was playing him Mm -hmm. and they were guarding Miami's shooters. He had that one-on-one matchup and – it kind of was the adjustment late, you know, in, in game six where Bam finally took advantage of it. Yeah. He was dominant. I mean, that was the best I've seen him offensively in his career. I don't think it's, you know, he's obviously scored a career high in points, 32 points, but just the way how assertive he was and he was kind of that go-to option playing in isolation, you know, we haven't seen that much from him. Um, and it is kind of the next evolution of his game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen it, you know, from time to time, he'll drop, you know, especially kind of like in that half transition, like when the defense is still getting set up, he'll like slow down and then speed up and get to the rim. But uh, he said it after the game, like he's never had it like that, where they just keep calling play after play after play for him um, to score like that. And part of it's kind of, you know, we talked about it with Jimmy, where it's like he didn't shoot a lot of threes in the regular season because he didn't feel like he had to because there's so many shooters it's kind of, I feel like, the same way for Bam probably a little bit in the regular season where, you know, they have so many ball handlers and creators, um, especially when Kendrick Nunn was getting big minutes in the regular season. They're like, you know, Bam is best suited playing around the rim or as, as the dive man. Um, but, I mean, like, you saw, like, kind of, like, I know the Giannis comparison is, is a little bit sexier, but, like, Pascal Siakam early in the season when he was like on fire was kind of doing a lot of that stuff too. Um, and you know, I don't think Pascal is better than Bam at it. I think he was just getting more opportunities to do it. So um, you, the heat of the luxury of not making that the entire offense. Uh, but if that can be like the centerpiece of the yeah. offense in a year or two, like that yeah. is pretty scary. 
it's there if they need it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the luxury. And it's just crazy to think. I know a lot of people made this point on Twitter, but that he stepped up, played his best offensive game, set a new career high in points in a closeout game in the conference finals. Yeah. Like, think about that. That is – to do that on that stage at 23 years old, um, I think we could, like, say pretty confidently, like, Bam is very special. He's going to be a <laughs> – an all-star for many years to come. Yeah. Um, he's just, he's, he's the modern day big. Like that's, you look at the, you, you look and you know, what you want from modern day big, it's bam, everything he does on both ends of the court. Um, and, you know, that was on full display uh, in game six. Yeah. I mean, and he was, I think he was bad in game five, obviously. Like that was kind of the big storyline that he kind of established. But I think even before he was saying that, you know, it was, he was a, he was not good in that game five, but otherwise, you know, I know Tyler had the 37 point game. I, I don't know who the leading scorer wound up being in the series, but, um, you know, Goran was good in pretty much every game. Jimmy is Jimmy. Bam was the best guy on the court in that series to me. Um, definitely the best guy for the Heat. Jason Tatum was ultimately really good also, but Bam was, you know, it's not his team because it's, you know, it is still Jimmy's team, but like, Bam was the best guy on the court in the biggest series of the year for them. And, um, you know, he's – if he's not the best player on the team right now, he's he'll be the best player on this team by the end of next year because he is – what he does, like you said, as a two-way player just means even his bad days are going to be pretty good and then his good days are like – he looks like a top 10 player in the league. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's, – again, he might not be the best offensive player on the team ever you just might you know yeah if Tyler Hero can grow and, and even Jimmy at times a better offensive player but just what Bam provides on both ends of the court um that makes him I think if he's not the best player on the team already and he might he might, he might be, be yeah he might be <laughs> um he's gonna be the best player next season probably on the roster just because he is so dominant mm-hmm. the deep end. I I think you know to me, he's almost like an Anthony Davis. He might, he, he's not the rim protector Anthony Davis. Defensively, he is Anthony Davis-esque with like the mobility, right? Yeah, yeah just the mobility and just what he, he can guard multiple positions and he can bother guys in the perimeter. Um, and as if he gets better at blocking shots, which he can do, but it's not his special. I mean, we saw his signature play of his career right now is a block. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And he's averaging less. I think he averaged less than one block in a game. Yeah, I think that's right. Um. So, so yeah, I, I just think he's, he's going to be the best player on this team very soon. Mm-hmm. You've been doing a lot of uh, BAM reporting, I guess, over the last uh, few weeks. You talked to John Calipari uh, a couple of weeks back. You had a big BAM story drop yesterday that I know you had been hanging on to a lot of the, the stuff from that for uh, a couple of weeks. Um, just what are kind of the biggest things that have stood out as you've kind of talked to people about him over the last – you know, throughout this playoff run, I guess. I thought the most interesting things, and I talked to uh, Chet Kammerer, Chet who was um, the lead. You know, he, he kind of headed the, the draft scouting team for the Heat when Bam was when Bam was drafted. He's since kind of uh, taken on a different role with the organization, but back, you know, in 2017, he was, he was in that role. And Chet said, you know, we like Bam because of his mobility. We knew he could play defense. We knew he could switch onto multiple positions. Um, we liked him because of his energy. But I don't think they expected this from him. And he even admitted that. He's like, I don't, we didn't expect him to be this good of a passer. We didn't expect him to have this good of a feel for the game. 
Um, we didn't expect him to be able to get a rebound and, and play as point guard. Um, this is something that has just kind of developed over the last three years. The Heat did not see this when they drafted him. They saw a guy who, again, could be a really, really good defender and could be a really good energy guy and had athleticism, but they did not ex- you know, see him being this polished on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. Um, and then it's just everything else. I mean, you listen to his, you listen to Bam's teammates, and yeah. it's he's the heart and soul of the team. He's a star. He's our leader. And again, you know, I, you and I were both high on Bam entering the year. Um, you know, his first year as a starter, we thought he was going to be very good. He, he's obviously very skilled, um, very good defensively, as we've talked about repeatedly. Um, but we did, I, you know, I, I think. Hearing that at this stage of the playoffs, entering the finals, where Goran says, "Yeah, he's our leader. We go as he goes," I, I didn't predict that this yeah. fast in his career. So it's just what he's doing in the playoffs. I mean, I, think, I don't think there's any doubt at this point. Like, I think in the in the season we're like, "Well, people don't appreciate Bam as much in the regular season. People didn't realize how good he was." You know, the All Star Weekend kind of helped put his name on the you know on, uh, on the map. But this these playoffs are his coming out party. I mean, after this, definitely, yeah never going to be overlooked again and you know among nba among those you know watching nba fans you know that are maybe rooting for other teams around the country bam is he's a star he's an he's a star and i think he's proven that um in the playoffs even though he did in the regular season too but just doing it on this stage on national television uh he is turned into one of the best young stars in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. There are lots of guys that have some of Bam's skills, and by that I mean like defense first guys who are, you know, have a limited, you know, limited as shooters that, that fade in the playoffs because, you know, you can t- sometimes scheme those guys out on offense. Like, you know, Rudy Gobert has never been like a transcendent playoff player. And, and Bam is always a better offensive player than Gobert, but like, there was a chance that Bam was just going to be, you know, good, not incredible in the playoffs. And he's been. Incredible. It's kind of funny. I was thinking, I think the first episode we ever did of this was after like a awesome BAM preseason performance two years ago um, that I think prompted like Alonzo Mourning to basically say like he can be the next great Heat big man. Um, and we were like, you said we were both high on BAM, but I, I don't think we saw like this complete package uh, ever coming to the degree that yeah, no, it I, already I, has. I, you know, I, I didn't expect. I think my main thing is I didn't expect this to happen so soon. Yeah, that, like, that's really it. Yeah, he was on a track to become this type of player, but for him to blossom into this in his first season as a full as a full time starter, um, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And again, like, he's doing this really. I know he's hitting mid range shots in the playoffs, but he's doing this really without an outside shot. Like, imagine where his game will be once he develops a consistent outside shot where teams have to guard him. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be consistent. It just has to be, like, Giannis level, right? It just has to be, like, you got to you, you gotta think about him when he's out there. Because, yeah. you know, I don't and, know if he'll and, ever be a, a 38% three-point shooter, but, like, if you get to 36 or 35 or whatever, like, it, and you take two a game, it it makes a difference. It's almost like the Chris Bosh evolution, like, when he got yeah. to the Heat. He wasn't a three-point shooter. He was more of a mid-range guy yep. in Toronto when he been in his first year with the Heat. But once he developed that three-point shot, it just – obviously, when, especially when you're playing with LeBron and Dwayne Wade who, who attacked the paint. Like, it just – it opened up a new dimension for the Heat's offense and for Chris's game. And I think that's what's going to happen with Bam. Like, once he develops a three-point – once he develops a three-point shot, I think it really is a matter – everyone I talk to, I talk, asked Chet about this too. I've asked um, 
others, you know, on the roster about Bam's three-point shooting. And uh, and even Dwayne Wade, when I talked with him a few weeks ago, uh, and they're like, probably a matter of time before he before he starts making that shot. But mm-hmm. right now, he doesn't need to. You know, right. he's, he, he's he has other he has another role right now on, the, on this team, and he's playing it perfectly. All right, let's uh, spin this ahead to the final series upcoming. There's a let's start with the big storyline. Um, it we've been talking about this kind of all throughout the playoffs. It's just like it didn't feel like there was enough uh, hype around the possibility that we could get a LeBron versus the Heat finals. Um, I think that has changed in the last uh, 48 hours or whatever. Um, Pat versus LeBron. It's well documented that. Uh, Pat was not exactly pleased when LeBron, uh, left after the 2014 season. Um, I, I'm sure they wanted a shot at him. Uh, you know, they almost got a shot at him when he was in Cleveland, right? And they got to the East fine, East semifinals that first year. Yeah, they, were, they got to game seven of the second round. Yeah, the first year after LeBron left, right? And it almost set up the, the rematch that I'm sure they really wanted. And, and obviously it would have been... You know, it's it's gonna be different. You know, it would have been different if it was Wade and, and Bosch, you know, that that core still together versus LeBron. Um now the story is that the Heat have totally been able to move on from LeBron um and get back there while LeBron is still doing his thing. Um how personal do you think this is for, for Pat? Um, you know, he won't he he will understate that and he will not admit that I'm sure. Um, but I'm, you know, as everybody knows, Pat is a very competitive person. Um, he's admitted to being very angry, uh, immediately after LeBron left, that was his immediate emotion to everything. Um, so I'm sure it would feel nice to be, to beat LeBron and keep him from winning a championship, uh, with the Lakers. Uh, again, he's, he won, LeBron won two titles with Miami in four seasons. And what LeBron's won one title one since, in, yeah. his other, in his other 12 NBA seasons. So, you know, if he, if he ends up with this, you know, if he, if he finishes with those three titles, again, most of them are going to come with the heat. And I think that means something like you look at, you know, the most productive point part of his career was with Miami. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to beat him in the finals, that would just end up, add another layer to that. So, uh, I, you know, it is a, you know, I, I know, Players, coaches, executives will downplay that storyline just because it was what six years ago. But that that you can't ignore it. Like that that's that looms over this series, and um, LeBron's going to be asked about it. You know, at media day today, this afternoon when he speaks for the first time uh, since the Heat won, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be interesting to see what he says about it. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's obvious, but like. And I wish this series was going from L.A. to Miami. Um, obviously because of all the, you know, it would be great to have fans and it would be cool to be traveling back and forth from L.A. to Miami. But also just specifically because I would love to see, like, what kind of reception LeBron gets at uh, the AAA. Um, you know, he's obviously come back a lot and he gets kind of the typical, like, road star treatment where he, you know, gets booed and all that stuff. But it, it never feels, like, venomous. I, I think Heat fans, for the most part, like, appreciate LeBron is what I gather. Um, but if it was, you know, the finals, the series is one, one coming to Miami and it's like a turning point game. Um, and, and LeBron like struggles or something, you know, not struggles cause LeBron never struggles, but like in the heat win that game, like I wonder what the level of like shot and Freud would be toward him, like how venomous this crowd would be. 
um, knowing they have a chance to like basically it's it's like it's almost like those those two championships was it Heat culture was it LeBron like it's it's kind of the ultimate uh the ultimate um, battleground for that. Yeah, it, it, that would have been it. It would have been amazing uh, just to see that unfold in AAA with LeBron there in the NBA Finals. I mean that. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt that would have been fun. Um, I, I remember. I think it was he was with still with Cleveland, and you know LeBron. A lot of the Heat game, a lot of the games in Miami, he, he actually didn't play. Like he did, it was he yeah. back backer. He was like yeah, low man. He didn't play. I think he's only played like in a, a few of them. I, I think he's he hasn't played more. And more of the games than he than he even has played yeah, in Miami since. I think that's but right. I remember he was on the bench and, and fans were kind of mocking him with a chant that he was like kind of scared to play the Heat or why wasn't he playing? Yeah. Camera, they they the camera panned over to him and he like flashed his championship ring as like a response to the fans. So <laughs> I just I, yeah that that would have been that would have been really fun and I also know that NBA people aren't too happy that this is this series play being played in the bubble too. Imagine a final series. Going from Miami to LA, two of the you know arguably two of the best, you know most attractive cities in the league. Yeah, I've never um, been to LA, but I I have to think they're these are two of the top like seven or whatever in the in the league. I mean, yeah, I mean maybe even has higher rankings, but I will I would say that they are the two best. Okay. I, I, they're my two favorite cities in the league, and yeah. I you know I grew up in Miami, so I'm biased toward that. But but LA is is, is awesome. So um, yeah, it would have been fun. You know, but, you know, it's still a fun series, as we've said. There's so many storylines attached to it, and it's going to be, even in a bubble, it's going to be fun, and, and there'll be some, uh, those storylines will still be part of the matchup. Yeah, the other good thing, like, I was, you know, I was watching some of the Stanley Cup last night, um, and I'm much more of a basketball guy than I am a hockey guy. I, so, like, it didn't totally feel like a Stanley Cup until, like, the last second when, like, the Lightning were celebrating and threw their sticks up in the air and all that, like... I think just the the NBA playoffs have been very intense, even with no fans there. And I think, um, first of all, LeBron just being there elevates it. You know, any game he is in feels like an event. Um, But I I do think that there is the chance that, like, this could feel malicious at some times because of the LeBron heat angle. I know these heat players, except for UD, did not play with LeBron. But, I mean, Spo obviously coached him. Pat has been in the building for all these games. Like, there is going to be a degree where it's like, I think it's going to feel personal at, at times, and that's going to just help it um, feel a little bit like a final should feel, even in a bubble. Definitely. I mean, that's no matter where it's played, like you said, like it's that, those emotions are going to be there. Yeah. And that's going to, you know, even like guys, you know, like Bam or other veteran, you know, Jimmy, like, they know the history. They, yeah. they, they, you know, they've been in the arena where they see all the photos of LeBron everywhere. Um, you know, they, they know very well, like what he meant to the team and kind of, you know, as we do, we know what happened when he left and kind of the emotions that were there, you know, within the heat organization. So uh, I think it is going to be somewhat personal. Um, nobody, again, nobody will admit it, but you know, that, that, that's what makes this matchup so interesting. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't think like UD or someone is going to like, or, Spo is going to bring it up, like, especially UD, right? Like, UD is yeah. the, the master motivator, like, and even, like, Goron, who who's kind of the guy that was brought in, you know, I hate to say he was LeBron's replacement, but he basically was, and, um, you know, I'm sure he came and 
like felt like he kind of got screwed by by like not not by LeBron obviously because he came in, but you know he got screwed by the post LeBron era kind of disintegrating quickly. Um, like there, there's guys that are here because of uh, what happened then, and and obviously weathered some of the frustrating seasons of the last few years. Um, that it all stems back to uh, LeBron's second decision. Yeah, yeah, and, and also going back to UD, um, you know, him and LeBron are obviously they're friends, like they're pretty close. So it doesn't mean that he's he resents LeBron for leaving. But as you said, UD is going to find a way to motivate this team, and he's going to find a way for himself to be motivated. And I'm sure that will be a part of it. Yeah, you know, you know, they're friends, they're close. Um, they in the off season they spend time together, they eat meals together. Um, but you know, in this series, I definitely think that UD will use that as part of the the chip on the shoulder. Um, you know, to get ready for, yeah. for the fight. Just just because your friends doesn't mean you you yeah. you get you get frustrated by your friends sometimes. You get disappointed by your friends sometimes. You feel like your friends screw you over sometimes. Um, I don't know if he feels all those emotions about LeBron, but. You know, you your friends have flaws, and I'm sure UD thinks LeBron is uh was not happy when he left Miami, and maybe thought he felt abandoned or or felt like you know LeBron didn't have the guts, as Pat said, right? Wasn't that the famous Pat quote? Like you got to have yeah. the guts. Um, there's, there's been a lot of talk about guts this postseason. I think there's, <laughs> I don't know if it's subliminal messaging or if it's just typical heatisms and Patisms and Spoisms, but. Uh, this heat, this heat yeah. team feels like they have the guts. Like that's <laughs> inarguable. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because you know the Heat have been known for kind of the flashy teams and being the you know the front runner, the favorite yeah. in every finals it's played in. Um, and this is the opposite of that. Like this is like the underdog, lovable roster that nobody expected to get here. And they could make history by beating, you know, Goliath with a team that has two of the top five players in the NBA. Um, it's just a different, it's a different position for the Heat to be in. But it's just so ironic that they're doing it against, you know, one of the, you know, an iconic player in franchise. It is spent four seasons, but it's just, it's so ironic, like just kind of full circle. Where, it is like where, the total flip of the 2011 finals. Oh, yeah, it totally is. It's totally yeah, I, I, I was actually talking about somebody yesterday. It kind of reminds me of the 2011 finals where, you know, the Heat had the, you know, two of the three best players in the series. I know you could argue Dirk Nowitzki was on, you know, obviously maybe one of the three best players in that series. Yeah, but I think he definitely was. At that point. Huge, yeah. Like the, in the 2011 finals, the Heat hadn't really built the supporting cast yet. Yes. And the, the guys around those three just weren't, the drop off was huge. Mm-hmm. And the Mavericks just had, a star and had a really good roster around them and they were, they just played better together. Yeah. And it was basically, you know, it's this heat team. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying that he's going to win the series, but it just, it, it seems like it's like the, mo- like that same model where it's a team with two really, really good yeah, players. The super team that came together the off season yeah. before basically yeah. versus this team that, you know, the heat, obviously, you know, their, their best player was a free agent. If you still consider Jimmy the best player, um, but for the most part, it was a team that was built um, built for years. And, and even, you know, the, the Mavs were a little bit more centered around one guy than the Heat are. Um, because Dirk was, like, inarguably, I think, a top 10 player at that point in time. The Heat don't still don't necessarily have that guy, depending how you feel about Jimmy and Bam. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, I, I bring my Wizards perspective here a lot on this show. And 
you know, I, so I have a lot of friends who are Wizards fans and you know, kind of grew up hating the Heat, um, you know, partially, you know, they play each other a lot. They're in the same division and all that. Like, I know divisions don't really matter, but you play each other a lot. Um, and then there's just so much LeBron ill will because he tormented the Wizards in Cleveland and then went to Miami. Um, and there was a lot of glee from a lot of Wizards fans and watching those Heat teams um, underachieve at times. Um, you know, everyone was in on the Mavericks that year. And it's pretty flipped. Like, unless you're a LeBron fan, I, which obviously it's like, you know, being a Yankees fan, there's just a lot of LeBron fans out there. Um, the Heat are the lovable underdog. And it's something we talked about early in the playoffs was that those Heat championship teams, like you said, it's it's the glitz and glamour. It's like one side of Miami that everyone knows about. It's South Beach. It's all that. And then this team is, um, you know, it's the side of Miami Udonis talks about in a lot of ways. It's like the gritty, um, hardworking, blue-collar town side of Miami that doesn't get any – doesn't get the publicity uh, a lot of times. But, um, you know, a lot of people feel like uh, – is just kind of the forgotten part of Miami. And I, I think a lot of like Miamians who root for the heat probably get frustrated by like the, the stereotypes about heat fans is, you know, showing up late and leaving early and, you know, just there for the, the party, just there for the scene. Um, this team is embodies everything that that is not, which yeah. uh, is obviously why this team is so beloved. Um, and, and I know, I know we get tired of, kind of talking about it and it's cliche. I, I, you know, I, I think it's cliche, but the culture, the heat culture, quote unquote, but I mean, is there a bigger endorsement for that than this team? I mean, it's just the way they've been able to beat all these, you know, they've been underdog pretty much the entire postseason yeah. except for the first round and just been able to outwork this team. And maybe they don't have the same, the level of talent. Like I, even Jimmy Butler admitted Boston was more talented than the heat. Um, he just played harder. Um, it, it it just shows you like kind of like it, and maybe it is cliche, but there is something there. Like the way that he do things, their structure, um, the, their principles of what they preach. Uh, there is something there, especially in this in bubble environment where it does take some mental toughness to kind of yeah. get up for every game and play consistently that he'd have that. And, you know, I think that's, that's provided an mm-hmm. edge for them and has really helped lift them to this, you know, where they are right now. Yeah. All right, we are running a little long, so I'm going to ask you to do a prediction just like Tim did. Give me your, your prediction with, like, two or three keys, um, maybe some things you expect strategy-wise or, or anything like that. I think uh, – I know a lot of people are already writing off the heat. I know Tim just picked the heat, but, you know, I was listening to a promo on ESPN yesterday, and it was like, how many games will it take the Lakers to beat the heat? <laughs> just assuming the Lakers are going to beat the heat. The question is how many games will it take. I don't think it's going to be that easy. I, I, I'm going to say Lakers in seven um, just because LeBron, and I just don't see him losing another finals. Uh, but, but I think it's going to be a very hard-fought series. I think the Heat, stylistically, I think this is a better matchup for the Heat than even Boston. Um, I, I, you know, if Miami, Tim brought it up, but if Miami can make threes, Boston is, uh, the Lakers aren't a good three-point shooting team. No. So if they can, can shoot well in this series, there might be games where they can just simply – outscore the Lakers um and I, I expect them they have a lot of guys that they can throw at LeBron I expect them to play a similar type of style of defense that they did against Giannis kind of loading up against him um and taking away the paint as much as possible the difference is the Lakers have Anthony Davis and yeah <laughs> and he has to also account for him um 
I would I, I, I kind of expect I don't expect Bam to start out on Anthony Davis. Uh, I think he'll guard Anthony Davis in, in important stretches. Um, but I, I, I kind of expect Jay to start out on AD and Bam to play either JaVale or Dwight. Um, and then just, Jimmy Jimmy on LeBron. Yeah, I think Jimmy on LeBron. I would that's that's kind of my expectation. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna throw a bunch. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be rotating guys in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Iguodala will guard him. Um, I, I think Derek Jones will get some minutes in this series. I think he'll guard him. Jay obviously will get time on him. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, even ba- they could even throw Bam at him potentially sometimes. I was gonna say I'm really intrigued to see Bam switch onto him and, and stay in front of him. Like yeah. they have a bunch of guys they could they could defend him with, but. Um, and there'll be the zone. I really think it's another. You series. think they're going to stick with it? I mean, that's something I'm not sure about because they don't have. I mean, I guess it depends. Like, is that what you try to slow down LeBron just driving with, right? Yeah, I, I think you. Throw, I think you have to kind of change your looks against LeBron. Yeah, and you've seen it over the years. He's almost like a computer where it slows him down a little bit when you kind of throw something different. It, it might take him a few possessions to figure it out, and it might be one of the only ways to slow him down and make him think. Um, he's such a smart player. Yeah. I I know they're going to expect they're going to prepare for the zone. Obviously, they're going to come into the series expecting it. But I would, I would, I would not be surprised to see you know Eric Spoelstra mix it in, uh, in the middle of games yeah. every now and then. Just I wonder if they of, could throw like a box and one or anything. Also, like you know, one AD box, LeBron. Like I don't know. Yeah. Just with the you know yeah, with I mean, the lack of shooters the Lakers have, you can you can afford to kind of like play some of that heavy help defense that those systems basically are, are tailored toward. That's why I think the heat really match up well. I, think, I just think yeah. Lakers lack of shooting again, if, and this is, you know, I'm not saying the heat are going to shoot well from three. I mean, that's, that's just assumed, but if they can make threes in the series and they can be efficient as they have pretty much all season, they have a chance. Um, I will point out the heat's worst three point shooting game of the year was against the Lakers. Like mm-hmm. the Lakers are pretty good at defending three point line, so that's the other side of it. Yeah, their, their their defensive profile is kind of like Boston, where they don't allow too many threes, and the threes they do allow, um, they're not great ones. So, you know, that's the other challenge for the Heat: can they generate the quality looks um, from deep that they have all year? Um, because the Lakers' length, uh, they make it tough on on shooters. So, um, to me, that's going to be the key: um, can the Heat make threes? Yeah. It's simple, but I think it could be the difference. Yeah, I, I was going to go Heat in six, but Tim's prediction, or I was going to say Heat in seven, but Tim's reminder that you don't pick against LeBron in a game seven makes me say uh, Heat in six, um, I think. Wow. I think Spo, Spo has, you know, Vogel's a pretty good coach. I like Vogel, but Spo has a huge edge on him. I think as the series goes on, I trust the Heat's adjustments way more than I trust the Lakers. Um, I think the Lakers obviously have the two best players in the series. I think Heat have three through six, and if Duncan is going, there's going to be nights where they have three through seven. Um, and I I don't know. There's This Heat team is, I don't know. I, we might feel stupid, and we might might see you know, the Lakers have won every series 4-1, and they have actually adjusted really well as the series goes on. It takes them a game or two to feel it out. I think they, yeah, I think the Heat, they don't necessarily have to win game one. They got to win one of the first two or this is over. Um, you're not being you're not being LeBron four to five. Yeah, no, that's not happening. Um, but I don't know. The Heat have looked good throughout the whole playoffs. Like they, I know, like they haven't shot it well against Boston. You know, they're they've had to have these big comebacks, but they do a really good job of making teams basically like play 
to their pace. I know LeBron is like the king of making teams play to his pace. Um, but I don't know. I just I, – the Heat have been – these have been the two best teams in the bubble, right? And I, I don't think they're separated by that much. Yeah, no, I agree. And one other thing, one of the biggest – one of the biggest parts of the Heat's success in the playoffs has been the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, they were. I mean, they were actually outscored by Boston in the series. Yeah, uh, you know, I think by a, one point, right? By one point, but um, the, they outscored Boston like by twenty-two or twenty-three points in the fourth quarter, and that proved to be the difference. Like the Heat were the better team late in games. The, I mean, the best crazy. conditioned. Yeah, hardest working. Nasties. Hardest working. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it. All of that. And I think that's going to be, you know, can they do that against LeBron and Anthony Davis? Yeah. Because you know LeBron is going to play most in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Can they get the best of those two when it matters most in the fourth quarter? Because, again, that has been a, con- a consistent part of the Heat's winning formula in the playoffs. And if they can't win fourth quarters, they won't win. They won't win this series. So I, I think three-point shooting and late-game play uh, will be – Again, very important uh, for the Heat. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. Um, Thanks, as always, for listening. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, There's too much to plug these days, so just go to MiamiHerald.com, follow Anthony on Twitter. We've got lots of Heat coverage for you coming uh, every couple hours, basically. Um, (laughs) You can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. All hands on deck for the Heat these next couple weeks, so... Um, Thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, we will uh, talk to you guys later on this week.